Hello and many thanks for the pleasure of your company here today on Search for Truth. I'm glad you can join us. And this 11-week series is called A Crisis of Identity. And last week, in the first talk, Brian discussed the question, is gender fluid? This leads us on this week to look at what happens when the values a society stands for collapse. Brian will be looking into the Bible as usual to see what principles are there for our guidance. And society changes, doesn't it? But God's standards never change. So now let's go to Brian to learn more. Thanks, John. Society long ago turned against the biblical David when he was a young man. You remember how he'd been hailed as the people's champion ever since his epic encounter with the giant Goliath? Remember how he'd arrived as a more or less unknown shepherd boy at the battlefield to see the soldiers facing off against each other, those of his own people and those of the enemy. He was only there because his older brothers had enlisted with Saul's army and his father was using him to send supplies and obtain news. David finds the army comparing the giant with themselves. But David at once compared him with the God of heaven, whose army the giant had insulted. As David saw it, God was with him. So what chance did the poor giant have? And the rest is history, as they say, as the shepherd boy David felled the giant with a single slingshot and shot to fame as a national hero. But while he remained popular with many, powerful forces in society soon turned against him. And David wrote the 11th Psalm, probably while he was being hunted by King Saul. With borderline insane paranoia, Saul began seeking the life of David, believing the young man was out to get him and to take his position as king. David often had to go on the run, perhaps at one time in a hiding place, momentarily removed from danger. He asks this question, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Let's read the whole psalm. It's Psalm 11, because it's short and it will give us the context. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? For behold, the wicked bend the bow. They have fitted their arrow to the string to shoot in the dark at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face. David, as we say, was discovering the insane paranoia of Saul. It seems to be suggested to him here that he should run away and hide. Although at times David did evade Saul to preserve his life, his understanding was always that God was his refuge. As we find stated in the opening line of this psalm, the 11th, in the Lord I take refuge. Recently, I've observed again the response of neighbours and friends to devastating news. A loved one dies from an untreatable cancer. A child is born with multiple holes in its heart and breathing is a struggle. A successful business takes a nosedive into recession. A relationship or marriage appears irretrievably broken. Sadly, this is the stuff of life in a broken world. But thankfully, not a world that's beyond the reach of God's healing love. Psalm 112 says concerning the person who respects God, he is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid. 
but what of the phone ringing in the middle of the night? A visit to the doctor about troubling symptoms? A policeman standing at the door? The Bible implies we are not immune to the arrival of devastating news, but it assures us that we need not be crushed by it. Allow me to share an illustration. The twin towers of the World Trade Centre were devastated in the so-called 9-11 event of 2001, but the foundations remained intact. Although totally devastated, those towers could have been rebuilt using the same foundations which had survived the terrible terrorist attack. Isn't there a lesson there? Lives built on Christ and his words can rise again. The Lord is our refuge. He is righteous. He is raised on high in the place of incomparable power. If our foundations are still in place, then we can be deeply affected by events, but nothing can totally destroy us. That's precisely David's point. He's not referring to structures. This psalm is about life. The righteous stand on a firm foundation. Should the foundation of a life be destroyed, that life crumbles. But if the foundation remains secure, no amount of stress, in David's case, no attack on his life by Saul or any of his troops, would cause his life to fracture or crumble. I want to turn now to a second application of our text, shifting our focus from our personal foundations to the foundations of society around us. The foundations of the godless, by contrast, can be destroyed. And this is where the idea of what we identify with becomes relevant. It's good when a society adopts high moral standards. On the walls of a school in the country I'm visiting, I read the words, speak the truth when others do not, and when they will not, and when they cannot. But what happens when the values a society stands for collapses? Where do we then take our values from? With whom do we identify? After our parents, the biggest influences on us in our formative years are our peers, the internet, followed by music and media. Society was once founded on God's word in the Western world, but now it's all about being politically correct, but theologically wrong usually. Nietzsche was a German philosopher who promoted the idea that God was dead. In other words, he was making the foolhardy claim to have killed God philosophically. Society would be better off without this religious baggage, he proposed. In effect, this began a great social experiment in Germany, one that would have horrific consequences. Adolf Hitler put Nietzsche's idea into practice. He acted on it, and history now bears the imprint of what happens when a society is constructed without any foundational belief in God. It's the story of Auschwitz and the destruction of six million lives. The plain lesson is that when society turns its back on God, then life becomes unlivable. Sadly, we're not good at learning the lessons of the past. For some at least, history will repeat itself as society turns away from God, eliminating God, as it were, from their constitutions and certainly from their conscious minds. Western societies especially have become to a large degree secular. Christianity is definitely not regarded as special, that would be seen as highly politically incorrect. If there has to be a resigned tolerance of religion, it must be plural, with all ideas treated as equal opinions. Increasingly, faith is something that has to be removed from the public arena. Faith has been privatised, and Christianity in particular has become marginalised. The foundations of society are once again in the process of being deconstructed. 
The prophetic writing is on the wall, as the Apostle Paul warned Timothy in his second letter, chapter 3. Understand this, he said, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Attitudes in society swirl around us and we hear opinions expressed and endorsed repeatedly through the media, views that are potentially devastating for Christian beliefs. But even when surrounded by such a society, it's far from inevitable that we should adopt its values. Sadly, that's a popular tendency. We even see so-called Christian leaders advocating that the church needs to catch up with the world. In a misguided move to become relevant, they adopt values at variance with the Bible's plain teaching. They have diluted their values. But another response is available to us. We can identify with a different way of thinking, a truly biblical one, and strengthen our convictions in the face of a society which has rejected them. Society crumbles around us, but we can retain our personal integrity. This psalm gives a very clear answer to the question, if the foundations are destroyed, what shall the righteous do? Our basic values are not based on society around us, but like David, we are to look above. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are a colony of heaven here on earth. God's plan is to colonise this planet with the values of heaven, values that are alien to this world. Do we identify in terms of our values with what is now taken to be politically correct or with the eternal values of God's word? What the world says is fair and what God says is fair are two different things. From where do we take our values? Laws are now being passed in many countries that are opposed to biblical values. Society's values in the West used to be solidly Bible-based, but no longer. There's a lawlessness instead. Society wishes to throw away restraint. Nietzsche had come too early. Now is the time. Something worse than Auschwitz lies ahead. Life becomes unlivable when society adopts the belief that God is dead. We haven't learned the lesson of history and we're destined to repeat the horrors of this folly. But back to the clear answer of this psalm. What do we do when society around us crumbles and collapses? Our personal foundation remains solid and secure. It is the Lord in his temple. He is our refuge. Society may suffer a moral collapse, but our personal foundation is the Lord who's in heaven and revealed in his word. Finally, I'd like us to consider a third application. Every significant structure, every building has a foundation. There's a house near to where I live that's been pulled down. The new owner had wanted to add another story or another level. But to go higher, they first had to dig deeper. The taller the building, the deeper and more important the foundation. Destroy the building's foundation and you've toppled the building. The same is true for us together as Christians. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, but we'll start with verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? 
If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. The Babylonians came and destroyed God's Old Testament temple, situated at Jerusalem. But 70 years later, it was rebuilt on the same foundations. At the end of the New Testament period, the first century churches of God were destroyed. This happened when the teaching of the Lord through his apostles was very seriously compromised. But the foundations remained recorded in the Bible for us to rebuild upon in modern times. God's word cannot be broken. As usual, the transcripts of the 11 talks in this series are available in book form and the title is A Crisis of Identity. And if you'd like a copy, just write in by post or email. I'll be giving you the contact details shortly. The talk you've heard today is also available to download via the internet in audio or text format. But to obtain the book, simply ask for A Crisis of Identity and you can do this by email or by post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. It's been great to enjoy your company today and I hope you enjoyed Brian's talk. Brian will be looking next time into the Bible at another issue concerning our Christian identity, so I hope you'll be able to join us. Until then, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So cheerio, and may God richly bless you. <laughs>